This is Model Behavior, and I am Michael G. Gable. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. You may have noticed we were on hiatus last week. I am a working model, so my schedule is crazy, but that hiatus was not intentional. I planned on recording an episode last week, but um, I was working on a feature film, and for the sake of my sanity, I needed to just focus on the task at hand. I don't do a lot of theatrical acting. I've done some really small TV parts, and then a lot of indie films and student films and stuff like that, but I did this project because the writer and director is actually the producer who helped me create my own short, Van Life, and he had this idea to write and shoot and finish a feature in a year, and he'd been sending me the script, I had been following the Kickstarter, and you know, I had been doing rehearsals, and then it came time to shoot, and I realized, oh, we're actually doing this. It just, it didn't really become real, until we got to set that first day. And schedule was tight, the budget was small, so shooting a feature in 10 days is no small task, and I had never shot anything on that scale. And it took a lot out of me. I was pretty confident in my ability to bring the character of Brady to life in this film, which is called It's What's on the Inside, but I didn't realize the emotional toll it would take on me. Um, You know, you're working... 12-hour days in varying degrees of air conditioning here in the hottest week of LA. And, you know, there's a lot of downtime while the crew sets up the next shot and does the lighting and everything else. But when you get into the scene and you're, you're really trying to be vulnerable and emotionally available, and, you know, I don't pretend that I have some wild acting craft. I'm not Method. I'm not Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm not Christian Bale. But there is a limited amount of resources you're able to utilize when it comes to that sort of that sort of investment into a, a scene and I found myself exhausted all of last week I was you know physically mentally and emotionally wiped out I was just smoked and I really knew it on I think Wednesday after a big long day of shooting and I was still planning on getting a podcast out but I was in traffic as usual because I had to shoot to a fit modeling job and then make my call time for the film and I was stuck in traffic and usually I'm pretty good about it. I listen to my podcasts. I kind of take it as me time, listen to music if I feel like it, but I just lost my shit. I I couldn't take, I couldn't handle it and I was just tapped out. Um, So I realized that I needed to, to keep things small and just focus, like I said, on the task at hand. But to redeem that, this episode is with Eddie V. Hill, who is the writer and director of It's What's on the Inside, the film we just shot. So we sat down and sort of debriefed and decompressed after those 10 days of shooting. And it was a really cool conversation because I had met Eddie randomly on a film, on a print shoot in New Mexico about a year ago, year plus ago. And then he moved to LA and um, we connected again. And he he's an inspiring person because he just gets shit done. And we get into all of this on the episode But it's really interesting for anyone who's trying to hustle here in L.A., whether it be filmmaking or modeling or music or writing or any other sort of 
off the beaten path creative endeavor. I think somehow Eddie has been able to develop a very healthy, proactive, motivated mindset when it comes to just putting one foot in front of the other. And it was great to talk to him, get his full story, and just get a chance to to reflect on the process that we went through and are still going through as the film is moving to editing. And um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this, so I'm not going to speak about it too much more. Eddie Vigil. You have notes? <laughs> Do you? I kind of almost did some notes, but no. Did you see Peanut Butter Falcon? Yeah, I saw. I saw Peanut Butter Falcon. What do you think of it? Are we rolling or what? I don't know. You tell me. Um, I watched it, and I love Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. So by default, I was intrigued Mm -hmm. and uh, really pulled my heartstrings at times, and it felt good. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah, and I, I. I was watching it more almost from a filmmaker perspective on like, okay, this is an indie. Yep. Limited characters. I wonder how they keep us engaged and mm-hmm. how they start the movie and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Very small cast. Yeah. 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 Sounds familiar. No, I, mean, I dug it. Small cast. Yeah. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. It was cool because like I've told you, I know Tyler Nilsson who wrote the movie. I don't know. I probably read the script three or four years ago. Yeah. And then he like shot a proof of concept and then he got production and then he got Shia LaBeouf and then they're filming and then it goes South by Southwest and now it's everywhere. So it's cool to see, I don't know, indie movies from concept to completion. Yeah. You know, cause that's, a, you hear about like the Duplass brothers and all that, but you don't really know how the machine works. Yeah. So you said how much time from concept to till now for the release? Do you know? I mean, I don't know about concept, but I know the first real draft of the script that was being passed around i read at least probably four years ago probably more maybe more maybe five years ago because that's the part that scares me it's like i mean i can i just jump right into talking about it's what's on the inside but like we'll get there the the, i'm thinking about like my timeline was i want to make something this year from writing to producing so thinking about writing something and not knowing if or when well, I mean, that's when you're that. looking for it's, bigger budgets and, you know, you have to, you have to the larger the it. scale, the larger the scale of time is going to be, you know? Yeah. And so you did make, you know, you're in the process of making a movie in a year, which we just finished principal filming. I will talk about in a second, but there is the first question of the podcast, which is, All right. what were you up to when you were seven years old? Uh, yes. I'm, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Oh, so thank you. I've been, I've had the luxury of, uh premeditating this answer Ah, for a while got notes on this too (laughs) so actually for this one the notes that i did take was i had to text my parents and i was like (laughs) hey um anything that i'm not remembering about when i was seven then maybe i should know and that's fair because i think memory kind of really starts around like six or seven you don't remember much before that i but the thing is that like parents don't remember anything either yeah it's yeah (laughs) so i was like okay the thing that i remember about that time was uh, i was still living in a tiny town called uh, trauma new mexico Mm -hmm. almost on the border by colorado Mm -hmm. and uh i think there was like this one come to school is like your dream job day or something 
And I went as like an artist with a beret yeah. and like the little, whatever that, the palette, the palette mm-hmm. and stuff. And my parents helped me with like getting that together. So you're always creatively inclined. Always creatively inclined. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, I want to be an artist and this is like, I want my paints and I want to yeah. create. Because um, well, as a seven year old, like you don't think about, you could be a filmmaker or a poet or a dancer. Right. It's just like artist and like what's a cartoon artist look like what you did that's that's perfect exactly yeah so that was that's the first thing that came to mind when i was thinking about it Mm -hmm. the other story that comes to mind which may predate seven my parents like tell this story about i was like at a great aunt's house or something and Mm -hmm. the whole family was there hanging out and i'm just like sitting in the middle of the floor on the carpet playing legos all this hysteria is happening around me and I'm just like focused on building my thing and I'm just like ignoring everything else and yeah. creating in my space. And so I, I kind of feel like I've always been that kind of person where it's, yeah. I, I, I can block out like when you're on the same as a filmmaker, when you're on set and it's mass hysteria all the time. Yeah. So being able to block that off and focus on what you're doing and create is kind of always been something i i guess i've been i've been up to well that makes sense to me because you're a filmmaker that's how you describe yourself i imagine uh yeah it's the, the broadest term it's yeah. easy and Summation. we j- we just finished principal photography on it's on the, it's what's on the inside um mm-hmm. a delightful rom-com that may have turned into a rom-drom i think we decided drum-com drum-com drum-rom-com it's it's got some dark it, notes to it uh and the first images are beautiful i'm really excited about it but the one thing that really struck me about you as a director is that we shot a feature in 10 days so Mm -hmm. we're shooting nine pages a day roughly which is you know for people who who don't know scripts like that's nine minutes of film which with coverage and setups is not an easy task Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you just sort of like floated through the sets and the days with a very effortless ease about you that put me at ease because if I started to think about how much we had left to do in the day and what time it was and how hot it was, I started to get overwhelmed. But then I'd look at you and you're like, okay, we're just going to set up for the close up now on Rachel. And, and I was just like, wow, like if he's fine, like I got to be fine. Like, Yeah. No, I'm, I'm always, yeah. Sometimes I forget that other people are in the room, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm in that mindset where I understand I try so hard not to get overwhelmed and I, yeah. and you just got to go step by step. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing I prepared for a lot was thinking about, okay, when you're in the moment, stay in that moment. Mm-hmm. If it's cause it's too easy to get overwhelmed. So I'm glad that it came across that way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my some... head it was kind of a lot more going on in there. Well, there was a lot going on, but you never got like close to losing it or, you know, you hear about directors losing their tempers or, you know, being stressed and chain smoking. You were just the opposite of that. Um, <laughs> but there's something to be said about, like, do the thing you're doing because mm-hmm. that's all you have. Like, if you want to worry about, you know, worry about the future or worry about the past, like, it's just kind of a fool's errand. And you say you'd work really hard to not be overwhelmed, but that almost seems like an impossible endeavor because it's like, try to not think about ice cream and then all you're going to think about is ice cream. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's practice. Like, I don't know how much you want to dive into my filmmaking past or anything. Well, yeah. So like get us, we'll circle back to what's on the inside, but get us from this artistically inclined seven year old who's able to 
block out the world and focus on his task to shooting a feature in 10 days in LA from, you know, Nevada, to Nevada, sorry, Nevada <laughs> to Los Angeles, Nevada. <clears throat> okay, sure. So it's just, I try to, I've, I've told the story plenty of times too. Like I've talked to you about it before and stuff. A little but, bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For people that don't know, I, I don't know. I'll jump back to middle school briefly. Like I took a, a media class back in middle school for like yeah. the, the school news station. Those that, big like broadcast cameras. I don't even remember what we shot on. I did. I don't remember, yeah. remember it at all, but I remember like I was put in charge of telling a story and I was like, Oh, like what do I do right now? Oh, I, I play like Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Like let's yeah. go around and ask people what they feel about <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. Sure. <laughs> so, do what you know. So uh, we did like a thing like that and I let, I let my partner like do all the talking. Like I hated, I hated talking to people. I hated, mm-hmm. I just wanted to like be behind the camera, shoot it, edit it, put it out. But I didn't want to interact with the people yeah. in front of the camera at that time. To so, direct basically. Yeah. I don't want to, I was like, I want to be the mastermind behind the thing. Yeah. But not the person having, I don't know. I was, I grew up super shy and hating all those interactions. So it was a challenge to, to do that. But, um, I fell in love with like the editing process at that time. Mm -hmm. So that was like my first exposure. And then in high school, we had some like, you know, five minute turn of Shakespeare play into a five minute video kind of stuff. And that was another instance where I'm like, oh, this is like a lot of fun. Like I want to be an actor and I want to be in front of the camera. But then I'm like, okay, now I'm actually doing it and I hate it and I don't want to act. Yeah. But it was still fun. So then I went to, to college uh, for engineering, because I wanted to, you know, be smart about um, make money <laughs> about money. <laughs> yeah, um, was the idea. And then uh, my last semester, I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of all this math. I'm sick of mm-hmm. all this science problem sets and all that shit. It's just it was mining engineering was what I was what I pursued. And yeah. every class is like, you know, thermodynamics and all wow. that kind of stuff. And high level like, stuff. High level stuff. And repetitive and annoying. And I was like, you know, my last semester, I'm going to take a class for fun. Mm -hmm. And I took an acting 101 class. And uh, it really sparked me once again at the right time. Yep. Which was good. Kind of opened me up. Because I kind of like jumped in. I had kind of shelled myself off from the world a bit. like, Which you're good at, we know. Which, which I'm good at. Yeah. And, and for better or worse, I'm left to my own devices. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can definitely isolate. Um, but that gave me an opportunity to explore that creativity again. And then I'm like, this is like, this is what I want to do. Whether it's, whether it's acting or other, otherwise like something creative. Yeah. And, uh, the plan, my, my plan at that time was jump into the mines do my time for a few years. <laughs> the, literally the mines. <laughs> literally the mines. <laughs> Underground or otherwise. And uh, moved to LA. Yeah. With no experience. But at least I had like some cash under me to mm-hmm. kind of survive. But then I graduated, no money. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm in Reno. I don't want to work in the mines anyway. So let me... <laughs> <laughs> get over that. I guess it's not weird for you, but like it's such a trope, like working in the mines. Literally like middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's rough. But I mean it's money. Yeah. But it's rough. Just gotta dig for it. Just gotta <laughs> well, you, other people dig for it. You just you just watch them dig for it. <laughs> um 
but yeah, like I was in Reno and I'm like, you know what, if I want to do this, I need to figure out a way cause it'd be stupid for me to move down with no money. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I just started producing my own stuff and kind of picking brains of anybody that I could in town, which there weren't many of them. Yeah. But I just kind of learned on the job and, and kept making short films, my own web series. And mm-hmm. the idea was to create stuff that I could act in and, and, and build my acting muscles. Yep. But then through the process, I'm like, you know what? Like I much prefer everything else, but the acting. So, so it was back to that initial feeling of like, I want to be behind the camera. I want to be the mastermind. Yeah. yeah. But you realized that you had to at least interact with actors. Correct. Correct. So in hindsight, I felt like, it was the perfect route to where it's, I got to explore the actor brain. Yeah. You know how I it studied, works. I did scene study. I kind of did all that stuff. So now I am able to communicate and, or I feel like at least whether I can communicate it or not, I have an idea of where the actor is coming from so I could respect their craft and understand. Yeah. I mean, the notes you gave me on set were very actor centric, I'd say. You never had to explain yourself. You always phrased it in a way that I knew exactly what you meant. You're like, I want to see this emotion or this sort of like, you weren't telling me, you weren't giving me line readings. You weren't telling me how to say it or like something, you know, sort of that's looking down on me as an actor. And you weren't being vague about like, I want to evoke the color blue in this scene. And it's like, you know, I can't, I can't work with that, but you would just give me a one sentence note and and then you'd walk away and I knew exactly what you meant. So I don't know if I gave it to you, but I knew what you meant, which is helpful. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was, I think I was talking to somebody about it. They're like, so what's your directing style? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, um, I'm like, I don't know. I just, I almost expect my actors to be on the same page with me in a yeah. way to where I don't have to say much and I can just say half a sentence and linger off. And then you're like, I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like. I believe you. <laughs> trust, blind trust probably goes so, a long way. So, I mean, it's both ways. So you trust you trust that I know what I'm looking for. And, yeah. and then I trust that you see that like, we can read each other in a way, kind of like a shorthand. Yeah. And then, you know, the pressure of we only had a couple takes per setup just based on time. We're not in this world of like David Fincher doing 50 <laughs> takes. And I've heard of, you know, big name actors getting so frustrated with that stock because they're like, what the fuck are you looking for? Like, right. you know, and he's like, well, we'll just, we'll get there. And it's, I'm sure if you have the luxury to have that amount of time on set, it's a cool process, but it doesn't work for 10 days. No. no. So you produce your own stuff. So produce my own stuff, acted in it for a while. And then, I don't know, I guess the way I did it was... I had to start from scratch with the community in Reno and be Mm -hmm. like, Hey, does anybody want to make stuff? Because like I would, I guess this is the thing that I always think about. Um, when people ask me like, how did you do it? Or how do I do it too? And I think back to the early moments when I wanted to get on set and I had no experience Yeah, and I emailed every little production company in town and was like hey i'll work for free i'll come in pa for you like i just want to see like how it works and what you're up to and yeah and learn and help and nobody would take me in i couldn't get on any set really in, in reno wow. as a volunteer pa in any capacity huh. so so i'm like you know forget it yeah i'm just gonna do it myself i'll make mistakes i'll learn and then eventually they'll recognize that like they had an opportunity to work with me or whatever, you know, like, yeah. like Oh, it's, a, it's that Eddie guy that, yeah. that we almost kind of maybe worked with. Well, I'm but, amazed you didn't get dispirited and be like, well, I guess I can't get in. 
You were right. just like, now nah, I'm going to go around the back and start doing it on my own. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's the whole thing is it's, it's been my mentality, even for this feature where it's like, I'm not going to let other people decide where I'm going to end up being or if it gets done or not. Yeah. Like, so that's, that's been my whole mentality where I'll, I'll start a, let's say a short film and I have you know, an actor drop and other, other other team, other team members. Let's say I have a 10 person team set to shoot on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then we have like a lead actor or somebody drop a couple days before. And the other nine people are like, well, let's push it. Let's push it. We can wait. We can wait for their schedule to open up again. I'm like, right. no, we're not going to wait. Nine of us are ready. One mm -hmm. of us isn't. Let's just get a new person because plenty of other people want to do it. And then that one person that, for whatever reason, didn't prioritize the thing like the rest of us. Yeah. They'll see that we went on without them and they'll learn a lesson or something out of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. So that was always my mentality was, was kind of push regardless of. Yeah. And just sort of assuming the role of you're like, I'm going to be a filmmaker. So I'm going to start doing it. Mm -hmm. I remember there's an anecdote I told you about with Kevin Smith. I think he said it on a podcast, but when he was young, he was talking to his sister. He's like, oh, I want to be this filmmaker. And like, I can't get on set. I can't figure out how to produce movies. I can't get funding. Mm -hmm. And his sister was like, be a filmmaker. Like tomorrow, wake up and say, I'm a filmmaker. And then just figure it out. And he said it was this light bulb moment for him that he just, from then on, he you know, did clerks and then went on from there. Yeah. So I, I envy that sort of ability to just say, screw you. I'm moving forward. Right. If you want to like, you know, get in the way or drop out, still moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say about that, but uh, no, I agree. I mean, of course. And then, so we met on a shoot yeah. in New Mexico. We were shooting at a resort. I was doing lifestyle modeling and you were the camera assistant for a photographer out of Reno. And I don't know, we were there for a few days shooting, a couple days shooting. And we just sort of talked in we between. We were there for like a week. Yeah, it was like, I don't know. <laughs> we spent the week together, buddy. <laughs> it's all blur. But I remember, yeah, just chatting with you like in between. It was a very uh, leisurely paced shoot. You got to. <laughs> there, there were days. I remember there were mornings that like nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, we'll text you in the morning. And they were like, you would show up and like Jeff and us would be like, well, I guess because of the weather or whatever. Yeah. Like we're not going to be shooting the tough stuff that we, so yeah. just, you guys can go into town just like yeah. enjoy, enjoy yourselves. And then when we were shooting, it was like zip lining and right, like, right. it was, a, it was a fun shoot, but we, we connected and then you reached out to me, I don't know, a couple months later maybe and said, I'm moving to LA. Let's grab a coffee. Right. Yeah. I think, um, we had established it that you were at, already the, at the resort that I was like, Hey, you're like, you're, a lot of you guys from for were from Los Angeles, yeah. But you were the only one that spoke up about filmmaking being mm -hmm. any sort of interest. They were just like, "Yeah, we're models, yeah. and this is like what we do." I'm like, "Okay, cool." But you mentioned like acting was a thing, so I'm yeah. like, "Okay, cool." Like somebody for me to latch on to because I'm yeah. So I, I brought it up to you, and I'm a big fan of accountability. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> yeah, clearly, yeah, you're good at that. <laughs> so uh, you had said at that time, like, yeah, when you're when you're here, like, hit me up or let's yeah. meet up, and I'm like, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do that. Yeah, and you did that. <laughs> so we did that. Yeah, and that was the well, and that was cool because you came and it was you, your girlfriend Michelle, who I've worked with, and then your friend Zariah, who had all mm -hmm. moved out together, got an apartment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
I don't know what the fuck I can tell these people. Like, I don't have any, I didn't feel like I had any expertise to offer. Like I'd model and do a little acting and, but we just met for coffee and just, I sort of talked about for Michelle, how to get an agent, how to start getting on set as an actor. And for you, like I'd offered what I knew about the filmmaking scene and the hustle. And then you asked me like, well, do you want to make anything? And I was like, yeah, I'm sitting on this script for a pilot called Van Life. And you were like, let's make it in a weekend. And we did, <laughs> which goes yeah. back to the accountability thing, which blows yeah. my mind. Yeah, no, I was stoked that you had an idea because I'm like, because initially my brain was this guy's cool and he's meeting up, we're chatting and best case scenario, we brainstorm something and make something kind of a little bit willy nilly over yeah over a weekend. But being that you had something, you pitched it and you were down to make it willy nilly over a weekend. <laughs> well, when I say willy nilly, I mean like create something that didn't really have any sort of backbone to it mm -hmm. but this this project you had like a full i think you had a, was a half hour or an hour long i had pilot. different versions i think i had a, a 30 minute and like a 42 minute version of it and then it was cool that you were able to kind of jump into it and be like okay let's yeah let's think about what version we can make in a weekend because it wasn't the it wasn't the full, full no game. we're not going to shoot you know 30 minutes but I'd been sitting on this script and I had this idea for this show about two guys who quit their jobs and get a van and just live the van life and see what it's about. And is it as glamorous as people think it is or is it difficult? And the idea of scaling it down to, you know, maybe a 10 minute short and just making a proof of concept was really attractive to me. And then you have this, like you say you're good at holding people accountable and it's like super contagious where like when Eddie says we have something on the schedule, I'm like, okay, that's on the, like I have, there's no wiggle room. I have to, but you definitely have this one foot in front of the other, like set deadlines, meet them. And we, you know, put, a, I put a little bit of money into it and we rented a van and I got my friend Chris and we made it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then somehow we, able, we were able to like wrangle a, a little crew together and yeah. awesome people and got it done. But I'm curious, like how... <laughs> I guess I'm trying to, I'm kind of reflecting on myself here a little bit, yeah, but uh, I wonder like, what is it that I specifically do that makes the accountability like work? Cause in, in my brain, <laughs> I tried to, I'm trying to create a thing to where like, I want Michael to know that if he, if he falls through on this, I'm going to be disappointed. And hopefully that creates an, like, hopefully he cares on, 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 like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's just the fact that letting you know that I care enough, I'm not really sure what well, it's, the secret is. Yeah, here. I'm trying to pinpoint it. It's, it's kind of like what you'd want out of a really good dad, where they're not like holding something over you or making you feel bad if you miss something. They're like, it's, it's your choice. Like, I'm offering you this opportunity. I'm being very earnest about it and very, you know, responsible in my intentions. You can choose to fall through or you can choose to not commit to it in the first place but there's something about just that i want to say it's like a sweetness that's just like i just feels i don't know it feels good and it feels like i don't want to let you down and there's another aspect of it which is you're like creating opportunity that most people run around la for years like they cannot figure out how to make anything mm -hmm. and you're the kind of person who comes in and like you're just the ultimate like I just like, I've referred you to all my friends who are trying to get into filming here because you're just like, you do it, you get it done, you hustle and you follow through. And that's where 99% of people in LA fall through is that they have these scripts that they talk about and then they mm -hmm. go to brunch and they get drunk and then they forget about it. And like, you just get it done. And that's the fact that you're so earnest about the way you go about 
you know, creating a project and following through with it. And then the fact that you're presenting this opportunity to, that everyone wants to do mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. I think there's some element of self-sabotage that comes into play when people flake or whatnot. But right, right. when you really want to do something and someone comes along who sees something in you, believes something about you, and wants to help you do that, like you don't fuck that up, I think. That's well said. Well yeah, said. I mean, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but um, No, I think... I, I know I went to... a. A hang recently and I was talking to a couple of other like new directors and um, I always look the, 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 traditionally in Los Angeles mm. the conversation is how long have you been here yep always how long have you lived here which part of town do you live in but um, yeah I was introduced as like yeah this is the director guy I was talking about and he's just got done shooting his feature or whatever yeah. and they're like oh my gosh like you actually made that happen and how long have you lived here a year um 10 months yeah so that's hey that's up to you man but they were kind of confused they're like wait i've lived here for three years how did you get a crew together that were down to do this thing yeah and wait you only worked with people basically that you'd met while you were here and you did a crowdfunding campaign and raised what twelve thousand dollars yeah double your goal yep (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know i guess to me, it's not that complicated. <laughs> well, it's not that complicated. It's, but it is. It's everything else that gets in the way. It's your anxieties, your insecurities, your distractions. Getting things done is not that complicated. Waking up with a task and a goal in mind and a deadline, which you may not meet that deadline, but you can push towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not that difficult. Everything else gets difficult. It's it, it gets difficult. Let's say filmmaking. Could, be infinitely difficult this is difficult as you want to make it mm-hmm. so like i think about let's let's give a nice little shout out to connor here yeah. for uh, our director of photography connor pollard yeah c pollo on, <laughs> on ig yeah um when i had my little interview session with him that was like maybe five minutes long before i was like okay sweet <laughs> you'll do it you're cool. perfect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um he uh he was telling me He's like, yeah, I'm down to light it. I'm down to gaff it. I'll run around and set everything up. I'll mm-hmm. like, I'll work with whatever camera you can get me. I can work with whatever lights we get. Yep. Like, I was just like, beautiful. This is the guy that I need for a movie like this. Right. And another, let's say another type of, let's say a, a more seasoned, because he's this is his first feature. Um, would think like, oh, I, I, I won't, I won't shoot unless it's this camera or I need yeah. this, this kit. And then, therefore, it creates this money-wise. It's like, okay, well, now that twelve grand gets absorbed with just, you know, one guy. camera rental yeah. stuff, and it's like, and so it just you have to work with what you got. And yeah, I mean, working with what you got is important. Like I said during the shoot, it's like we're like the Marines; we make the most with the least. All right, you did say that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we were just on this shoestring budget. We were just doing twelve hours a day and just cranking it out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's Jack White that plays. He likes to play shitty guitars Mm -hmm. because it forces him to be more creative. He has to play even better in in a more inspiring way to make these shitty guitars sound like the White Stripes or Jack White or whatever Mm -hmm. he wants he's going for. And I think when you have this idea that like, oh, I can't work unless I have this set up, like you'll never work. I mean, maybe you're a person who can command a 50 grand a day day rate and like, you know, shoot Apple commercials. Maybe, but probably not. And so if that 
novel ideas in your head. Like you're not going to start writing it until you have the perfect studio office space. Like, no, you're never going to start writing it. You're going right. to, you got to just write it in a journal, write it on the back of a post-it note, write it wherever mm-hmm. you can. Yeah. You know, get it done. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just hear excuses, you know? Yeah. That's what I hear. But, um, I mean, that's, that's me. Uh, so what the, I mean, you yeah, moved to LA, sure. you start hustling around different productions. You're always on set somewhere. Mm-hmm. Why do a feature so soon? There's, this is the frustrating part about being a creative and I'm sure you could relate to this cause you do plenty of things, but I've, it feels like I've been hustling and challenging myself for let's say four or five years now. Mm-hmm. And it's always. Let's say I'll, I'll I'll rewind back to Torino for a bit where yeah. I was like, okay, let me do my web series. Each episode I want to, like I've learned something from the last one. I can challenge myself on the next one. Okay, mm-hmm. what I want to tackle on this one. And every time I walk into a new project, I have these like, this anxiety of that fear of, I don't know. It's just that natural fear that comes up when you're challenging yourself and you're pushing yourself and you don't know what's going to happen. And you're like, I don't know if I can do this. I've never done this before. Yeah. You have the urge to run away. (laughs) Right. So it was started with those shorts and early on I had like never directed people were showing up to these things and I'm like, I don't know why they trust me. (laughs) Like all this stuff. So I don't know what they're doing either. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Like back in the day, like I would have these like nervous, nervous sweats before each, each project and I have to like throw away shirts just because I'm like, this is, this is rough. Then I worked my way through that. Uh Okay. Now I'm comfortable on set. Now let's push to a two day shoot versus a one day shoot. And now let's push to a 15 day shoot. And now, Okay, now I'm on set of this thing. Cool. So when I moved to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I've made enough short films. Like 80, right? You've produced 80? I've been, I've either like coordinated or helped produce uh, like 80 plus shorts. Yeah. And during that time. So like I was pushing for multiple shorts a month for like years. Wow. And um, I was like, okay, plenty of people have told me, Eddie, just make a feature already. Like you've, made enough content to make like how yeah. many features so just do a feature and i'm like well it's not as easy as it's not easy it's not easy. no i mean the writing more, a feature script is a beast writing yeah i never written a feature before yep. getting people to commit for a longer time it's tough i mean it's tough because everyone's on their own hustle and i you know i have work and stuff so blocking out a week is not yeah yeah ideal for sure but you gotta do it yeah, you just got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll get recast. <laughs> exactly. I knew that too. Um, so it was just, it's that kind of linear progression. Like yeah. one day shoots, two day shoots, it's 10 minute, of... 30 minute. And it's 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 kind of the same as like in the gym. Like you have to, you always want to be improving. Mm-hmm. More weight on the bar, more reps with the same weight, something to just keep, you know, you get, un- yeah. you're uncomfortable and then you're comfortable and then you push on. Yeah. Because then of course the whole, the whole gym thing too is like, even when you get to a certain point at the gym and you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it stop, stops working mm-hmm. and you have to mix it up in some other way to keep yeah, the muscle confusion. Yeah. So it's, it's a similar thing to where I'm just hating myself for like, why did I tackle this feature? I'm stressing out. I got to go back to Reno for a bit to like decompress because <laughs> the weight of the city is just too much. Yeah. And like, that usually means you're on the right path though. When you have those thoughts <laughs> of like, I want to run through the window and never be seen again. <laughs> like that means you're in a place that's uncomfortable and that's where you grow. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's so much to coordinate 
and there's so much that I'm not familiar with, but yeah, I am. So, um, but that, that was basically the plan was I wanted, you know, to just push myself further. Like I, I'm like, I moved to LA for a reason. Yeah. The dream is to be a director of features. So let me direct a feature and prove to myself and prove to other people that I have what it takes and that I have a voice and, mm-hmm. and let's see, just see if it comes together in the end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming together. <clears throat> We're flying to Reno on Saturday to film the final <laughs> scene. Yeah. And then is that it for for talk, like for shooting? Well, we have um, we have a, a little bit of extra to shoot with uh, with Michelle mm-hmm. um, to kind of tie some scenes together. Just her lounging around the house and stuff. Yeah. But it's pretty much there. Uh, yeah. So like even today, I I was stressing yesterday about the edit. I was looking at, I'm like, okay, we just went through how many days of shooting. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at my, my premiere setup and the file. You can just scroll for like, I'm like, wow. Forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. All this has to be chopped, cut mm-hmm. and primarily going to be me editing it. I'm going to hopefully be able to bring somebody on later on once I do like a rough to kind of yeah, get some out. different, different eyes on there. Mm-hmm. But I just know how much work is ahead just for me so i kind of had a moment yesterday looking at it yeah when that's the thing i realized when we were making van life is you know i had this idea for a script and we we shot it and that's usually where my job stops you know modeling and acting i show up for the shoot Mm -hmm. and then wait for the images or wait for the commercial to come out and there's so much like it's you're not even halfway done after principal photography after shooting you have to edit color do sound figure out like you know marketing or what you know all the different Mm -hmm. aspects of it that I kind of wanted wanted to be like, can't we just be done? Like, right, can't we just right. fly off to magical like editing land and be done? Yeah. But that's also where I learned the most about the mistakes I made or things I wanted to change in the future. You know, like we used yeah. a boom mic, and I wish we used a lav mic because we had to do some some serious sound fixing, and mm-hmm. um, luckily I had some people I could use to do that. Yeah, it's like those moments where you're like, this is too much. Where I I think that's the I get it every time I go to a yoga class, right? Like a hard yoga class. I get in there. I'm like, this is great. I love doing yoga. And then it starts. I'm like, this is harder than I remember. Mm-hmm. And by halfway through, I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to leave. And I think I've never gone through yoga class without thinking about walking out the door and trying to find some excuse in my head to justify it. Then deciding to stay on the mat and power through it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when they do Shavasana, you're like, hi, it's so great. Yeah. Because you power through that uncomfortable spot and you, you know, receive some sort of reward. Which yeah. is nice. Yeah. And it seems like you're tuned into that in a way of progressing in your own career. That's uh, that's the hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing happens if you don't do it. So I'm just doing it. All that. So we're looking at a 2020 stuff. release, probably. Yeah. It's, uh, what's, what year are we in? 2019? Yeah. Yeah. The the goal that I need, I need to do a, a timeline because I'm a big, I'm a big mm-hmm timeline deadline kind of guy so my my dream is to have it done by march march that's like less than six months i think i think you can do that if you can shoot it in 10 days lots of (laughs) 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 yeah it's just i need to yeah that's that's the plan there and then what who knows shoot a mini series well here's the here's the big plan and this is where i'm again venturing off into uncharted territory good and i love it (laughs) um it's sweet okay cool now this feature is out 
I can brag to everybody that I know that this is what I did and this mm-hmm. is how I did it and like how awesome I am, like how awesome my team is and yeah. like how good everybody is on screen and blah, blah, blah. So then when the people with the money come and they're like, wait, you, you did what on this thing? Let's give you this amount and see what you can do for us with yeah. this. And it's like, sweet. Great. You mean I actually get paid on this? Right. <laughs> Are you sure? You seem like I could actually pay. Uh, I can actually you know, pay everybody what they're worth, mm-hmm. and have let's say twenty days instead of ten to shoot, cause, which is more, which is would be the indie thing with let's say two hundred fifty grand. It'd probably be like a twenty day or something. Yeah, with weekends off maybe. With weekends off, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean that that's the goal is get it done, show it off. Yeah, and uh, see. I mean, for me, for me, worst case scenario, I am able to say that that's what I did, you did a and everybody knows I did it Yeah, and I have it in my back pocket and it's experience and like, it's, it's a, it's a big experience. I don't know. No, it's a great experience. And I, I don't think everyone who moves to LA can expect to have shot a feature in 10 months. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a good goal after hearing you, but how did you... I'm kind of interested how you just sure. landed in LA and hit the ground running. Like, you know, how did you mm-hmm. connect with all these people that you were able to get on set? How did you, I don't know, recruit a team that believed in you and you believed in that could get that done? Cause it wasn't just you, you weren't doing like a, you know, <laughs> GoPro style movie. <laughs> right. Right. So you're talking about, uh, this feature specifically or, or just like, or, okay. How just your LA experience allowed you to do this because it wasn't, like most people, like those people who said, I've been here for three years and I could never do that. What do you think you did that helped he, you? The, here's the issue. Here's where I love the fact that I came from Reno and got to practice in Reno first. Where I'm, I had the opportunity to make stuff for zero budget for mm-hmm. years and just convince people over and over again <laughs> that like this is worth your time. This is fun. Like this is, you know. We'll figure it out. You don't have to be on everything. Come if you want. Come if you don't want. Mm-hmm. So I, I was able to practice my abilities on just convincing people that this was worth their time. Yeah. And it's a good skill. And I didn't I didn't I didn't know it was that um the ignorance of I didn't know it was difficult to do when I was doing it. it yeah. Because when you're in Los Angeles, everybody makes it sound daunting. It's like you gotta get this budget, you got a permit, you gotta blah blah blah. You gotta. Perm- we didn't have permits. <laughs> you gotta. You you can't do it without certain stuff set up. You need yeah. like a eighty person team because each each department needs to be like. People don't know what they, like I didn't know that what I was doing was difficult. So yeah, when I came to Los Angeles, I'm thinking. Did you maintain that ignorance coming to LA? It wasn't even ignorance. It was knowledge that I. <laughs> I, I so you knew how to get around. I knew that it could be done. Yeah, and I knew that I worked with people that were professionals in Reno that were usually making tons of money doing it for clients and commercials and stuff. Yeah. And I was able to convince them to donate a weekend. So the only difference between Reno and LA is a bigger talent pool. Bigger talent pool, more opportunity to find people that are down. Yeah. Um. So just the fact that I I knew it could be done prevented me from stopping myself from going for it. Is that too many negatives in there? I think I followed it. <laughs> um, so I had the opportunity to 
have some kernels or uh, seeds planted before moving here. Because mm-hmm. uh, Reno's close enough to LA to where it's like LA productions would go up every once in a while to Lake Tahoe and yeah. shoot some stuff yeah. and I would PA on their things or do, I would drive the trucks around and pick up equipment for them sometimes, like yeah. whatever, to get on set. And then there's a couple features that will land near nearby that I, I was like the only freelance film dude in reno so whenever yeah. stuff would come by like i'll land on the set because nobody else was available right so i I'll, i'm always big at uh keeping the connections similar to like how we did we mm-hmm. had barely met yeah and i reconnected when i moved so with those people i had barely met but i had made a point to like let them know what was going on and give mm-hmm. them a heads up and mm-hmm. be like hey you're cool and blah 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 <laughs> so i had different feature connections and then I studied in LA for a couple months before moving here mm-hmm. and script supervising. Uh, so I did a workshop, went back home and then moved here eventually. So there was a little script supervisor network that I had mm-hmm. been a part of. So it was just like little bits here and there over the years. Yeah. Just stitching it together. So uh, when I moved, I was like, I'm meeting up with every single person that I know here. And yeah. Use that Rolodex. Yeah. Use the Rolodex. Let them know why I'm here. Let them know that I'm here down yep. for whatever just uh you're not gonna get discovered yeah. as a filmmaker walking down the street someone's gonna be like hey do you want to direct my indie <laughs> you look yeah. like a filmmaker yeah you've gotta you gotta put yourself out there so. and then what are the i know there's been like a couple like official sort of filmmaking circles that you've connected mm-hmm. with like where people just meet up and right right workshop and connect about who needs what and who's got paid jobs who's got you know free gigs yeah yeah i mean there's uh little things like like film independent, which is awesome. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Uh, Sounds familiar. It's uh, they do the Spirit Awards every year, and I, I mean, they're just like a they support independent filmmakers. It's yeah. super cheap to be a part of. It's like a hundred bucks for the year, and they do like workshops at their space downtown, mm-hmm. and they bring in people for panels and. You get screenings to go to go go to Q and A's of yeah. indie, indie films, and they're just huge supporters of it. So through them, they have monthly meetups and they have all those events. So I'll, I'll go to those and be like, "Oh, sweet, they're having a, you know, like a line producer come out and just talk about everything about line producing." And yep. sweet, like I'll just go and absorb all that information, and then afterwards you talk to all those other directors that are there, and you just kind of. I feel like I, I don't know if it's an ability, but I try really hard to kind of gauge on like, okay, who's worth talking to. Yeah. You can kind of tell on who's kind of full of themselves, who's kind of BSing and just kind of latching on based on conversations and stuff. Well, what's, I don't know how to describe it, but that skill of being just willing to go up to someone Mm -hmm. or to reach out, like to, you know, talk to me on set and say like, I'm moving to LA. Do you want to get coffee? That doesn't come easily for a lot of people. Do you think that's just your drive or <laughs> a little bit of Asperger's? What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I think about it as come going back to the seven year old question. Yeah. When I was seven in second grade, my family had moved from Chama to Winnemucca, okay. Nevada, which is like a mining, town. It's town a, mi- <laughs> a mining town. We're only there for half a year. Yeah. But I remember walking into the classroom for the first time. I think it was, I might be misremembering the year, but regardless, the lesson's the same. Yeah. I walked into the room and I'm like, I'm, I'm a new kid. 
I'm going to just walk in. I'm going to feel the room. Uh-huh. And I'm going to like beep, 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 scan, beep, 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 beep. Oh, yep. There's there's a dude right there sitting kind of by himself mm-hmm. or something. And I was like, that guy is going to be my best friend. <laughs> that guy is going to be my best friend. And then he was my best friend. So, so. you just have a, a intuitive ability to read people. So I'm like, he's got the energy that I like. He's mm-hmm. he's somebody that I could work with. And like similar to at those events, I'm like, you know, we meet enough people to know. Yeah, there's a lot of bullshit to sift through, but yeah. you can identify solid people. And it seems like your your radar has paid off because you put together this amazing team and have put together many amazing teams mm-hmm. over your career. Um, I'm curious what you get out of all this. What do you mean? I don't know. I mean... <laughs> directing is such a it's like the the wizard of oz like it's just you know people always ask like actors and i'm hardly an actor but people are like do you want to direct someday and i'm like I, i'm trying to ask like <laughs> just let me one step at a time but it i do I mean, see you, the, you, you did direct i did direct i see the appeal because you kind of get to play god a little bit it's like you're in control like at the end of the day, the director, people are like, what does the director do? It's like they make decisions. You know, the art department, the set design, the wardrobe, the makeup, the cinematographer. Everyone comes to the director and says, is this direction you want to go in? Do you like this? Do you like this shirt? What about this shirt? What about this backdrop? What about, you know, so you basically just have to be a decision maker. Yeah. And that's appealing as someone who, you know, I think I have a pretty good aesthetic sensibility and a good eye and I have taste that I like to exercise and you have opinions. I have opinions and I I can say, I don't like that. And I like this. And so it's cool to get to play in that world, but it's daunting Mm -hmm. and it's, I mean, what, I don't know. I don't know what my question is anymore. You said, what do I get out of it? Yeah. So for me, there's, there's multiple levels of uh, benefit to doing what I do. Mm -hmm. One is, I get to surround myself with awesome people all the time. Yeah. And I love the collaborative process of like just even just talking to you about what the character is up to and what they're thinking and hearing what your ideas are. And I'm like, sweet, same page, like being on the same page with people is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect. I like, I like also seeing people come together that, otherwise wouldn't be together and watching how all the pull mixes and be like, we're all super different personalities. And yet somehow we're all here doing Mm -hmm. a thing and it's really cool. And then on the, so that's the production side. It's like, I love just making stuff and in a collaborative environment, collaborative environment inspired. And And I, I don't, I don't have to be the lead guy to have a good time. Yeah. Um, and then the next step would be, I like when the stuff is made and then you have the next step of sweet. We all put this time and energy and love into making this thing. Mm -hmm. Let's put it out into the world in hopes that, you know, somebody will see it and get some sort of impact or get distracted from their, from their day to day grind. And maybe it, it switches something in their brain to like, Oh my gosh, I never looked at things that way. Or I've been there before or like just that, that whole kind of thing where, they like for instance with this movie the lesson the big lesson is you you can overcome your self-doubts and you can you can grow and you can you can help people and it's okay for them to help you back like helping helping each other out Mm -hmm. overcoming your fears 
and embracing the person that you are and learning that who you are it's it's best not to bury bury your uh your flaws that you think that are flaws but instead embracing what they are makes you unique makes you unique and that you can then go out to the world with confidence that this is who i am yeah and that's okay that there's these things about me so i had always i I mentioned this in the kickstart kickstarter video (laughs) but like that's a big part of what i had to overcome through like high school and college during those phases before I had like clicked into my filmmaker self and all that mm-hmm. and collaborative self. But I remember like I was never good at like talking to girls and I couldn't talk to like anybody. And yeah. I always had these self-conscious thoughts about like, I'm weird and people seem to have these, these reactions to me. And yeah. <laughs> once I embraced my weirdness mm-hmm. and went, went into confidence with the world, then I was like, sweet, if I can do, something similar to that for other people and being like, that's the book that Brady recommends spoiler alert, <laughs> but talking about how everybody, every, like just, just everybody's weird. Yeah. So what is normal? It's just, I mean, playing you know, it safe is never going to get you super far. You know, you might be able to slip by and progress in your career, but you're not going to be Tarantino. You're not going to be the CEO. You're not going to be a billionaire by playing it safe. You know, you got to embrace and take chances. And I think that's, that's good advice. Um, do you have a vice? What do you mean? Cause I, it seems like you move from project to project and you kind of are energized by the gravity of needing to get something done and uh-huh. having deadlines and yeah. being on set and, you know, that idea of like, just, you got to set your alarm. You got to wake up for this and you got to, you got to keep pushing. Do you think that's your vice is like needing to be working to be creating or when you're slow or you're not inspired or you can't find a crew to get on, do you turn to something else? Mm, I, I've been very successful at keeping myself busy with film. Yeah. Which is a good and a bad thing. That's something I'm kind of working on too, where it's, that's all I think about. And because I have this one goal in mind where I want to succeed. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is what I've been telling people too about moving to LA is step one, survive, <laughs> okay. which means being able to pay your bills yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Step one, survive. Once you can get survival out of the way, you can focus on step two, which is thrive. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get out of step one <laughs> right now. Like survival's hard in this town. It's expensive. It's, it's hard. And you know what makes it harder is trying to make a feature film <laughs> your first year of being here when yeah. you're not like paying yourself for it and you're still have to you have to freelance on the side. Yep. So finding gigs while creatively doing stuff on so I don't give myself an opportunity to find what I would turn to otherwise yeah. because I'm so focused right now, which I kind of semi-bummed about but at the same time i'm like there's no other way this is gonna work unless well you need that pressure i mean in la just gives you that pressure you don't have to manufacture it um do you find balance though in your life do you find ways to enjoy the progress you've made or just take time off for yourself or is it all just hustle 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 grind grind grind? because that's that's the that's the thing is i uh Finding time for myself. I do I do definitely celebrate the moments of success. Like mm-hmm. every day of rap, 
Well, uh, I remember we were texting after the last day of shooting. You sent me some stills, and I was like, I can't really believe that just happened. Right, right, because right. Because we've yeah. been talking about the script for a year, and then you were sending me drafts, and then the Kickstarter was going, and then you were assembling a team. And, and I was it didn't and not until I got to set the first day, I was like, we're doing this. And then right. I was like, oh, we're really doing this. Yeah. And it's hot as fuck. But um, yeah, and then the last day, like, you just get this overwhelming sense of accomplishment. And I was just an actor in it. But I, we were texting. I was like, you should be so proud of yourself. Like, the, the fact that you pulled right. that off. And it can be as simple as that, just absorbing that moment of, like, great. Like, treat yourself to something, I don't know, a dinner or a drink, whatever. And then tomorrow, what's next? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had multiple people reach out and be like, you're never going to shoot your first feature ever again. So make sure you yeah. make sure you enjoy this moment. Make sure you enjoy what's going on. Really take the time to to just let it let it soak in and yeah kind of be in that moment so that's really good advice so there were times on set where i would just like i would just sit on that little poof bean bag yeah. and be like this is beautiful like everybody's here yeah i don't know why they're here but like i don't know how we got here i don't know like i of course like i know how we got there but at the same time yeah it's crazy and uh i those moments are important for me for sure but then my relaxation time is mm -hmm. yo uh yo michael you you free let's just shoot something for fun <laughs> <laughs> you're a man so, possessed or let's say supporting somebody else's thing to where it's like okay yeah. sweet like like for van life for instance it's we're making this thing it's not it's not technically i did it because i was a fan of you mm -hmm. and it gave, it gave me it fulfilled me yeah to do that thing for fun just because you're a project person I'm, i love uh, that's i enjoy life the most when i'm creating so because yeah i mean i if i'm not creating i'm destroying which i've said before <laughs> and like i think of it in projects like shooting because i have a very more diverse sort of uh set of mediums that I work in, I guess. Right. But if I'm not working with you on a feature, I'm working on a serial killer or, mm -hmm. you know, improving my modeling book or it could be as simple as like building a boat out of a cardboard box so my right. my girlfriend's kids can play in it in the pool. Like oh, I just want to, I need something to build. I need something to work on. It's like, you know, reorganizing the kitchen pantry, just something. Yeah. Or else, yeah. So how was it for you when you went on vacation? Did you, how, what kind of vacation guy are you like? Are you um, itinerary and we got this and this plan today? We're hitting this hill. We're hitting this hike, this view. Like, what's the. I mean, most of my vacations since college have been. Cause you just went to Hawaii, right? I just went to Hawaii, but most of my vacations have been either weddings or like backcountry trips. So I have a good group of friends from college who, between us, we have rock climbing and paddling and mountain biking skills enough to go into the backcountry for days at a time and you know, not have guides and take care of ourselves. We climb Mount Rainier and we're always doing something that pushes our, pushes ourselves, whether it's something like climbing Mount Rainier, or pack rafting in Canyon lands and doing this itinerary that even the Rangers were like, are you guys weird or what? Like they just didn't get why we were making it so difficult because mm -hmm. that's just felt good to us. So to go to Hawaii for a week was interesting because I, you know, I'd never taken like a Hawaii, I'd never been to Hawaii, but just to take a week off was it took me three days to like turn off to, get to not be stressed it, yeah. about 
I'm missing auditions. I'm not back there. Oh, this, I'm missing this callback for this national. But like, it took me three days to just accept that I was on vacation. And then even then, like I, you know, I went and rented a surfboard and I surfed some waves that were uncomfortable for me because they were big, like shore breaking waves. And there was all these little 12 year old Hawaiian grommets who were out positioning me. And, you know, I found ways to explore the, explore the island and, you know, it wasn't just like sitting on a chair drinking. But but you did do it, daiquiris. right? Daiquiris. Did you? Did you? How much? How much? Percentage wise, I love percentages. How <laughs> much? Well, how much percent was daiquiris? <laughs> how, what percentage was lounging and not caring that you're not doing anything? And then what percent was like an activity that was in some way productive or felt? Uh, I think it was like even split. 50 50 because you know my girlfriend has kids so when she's on vacation she wants to like sleep in and like relax right because otherwise it's go 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 all the time she doesn't have any me time so just hanging out with her like reading a book or having a drink by the pool felt productive because it's good for her good for us good for you know everyone in the long run so there are different types of i guess everything's a project if you make it a project if you find the like the productiveness in it problem right yeah (laughs) but it's a good way to be so what what kind of last bit of advice would you give to someone who's in LA doing the hustle or thinking about moving to LA and getting into filmmaking my advice is always the six I mean I have plenty of buddies that make the jump from Reno to to LA and they're like hey what's going on can you get me gigs like yeah I'm like that's not quite how it works yeah (laughs) um for me, I like to recommend to people to just, like, it's okay to work for free, especially in crew life. Like, I don't yeah. know how it is on your side, but... To a point, you have to do it right. to get those first images and yeah. first experiences Cause, on set. Because the important part, because there's so many people in this town that work crew, it's like, if you can just differentiate yourself by showing up on time, yeah, listening you know, doing what they say they're going to do bonus. If you can, like I say, if you're a PA on set and Mm -hmm. you can do things before people need you to do it. Oh yeah. You just, you stand out really quick. Mm -hmm. So for instance, one of my early experiences in, in like January or something was, um, I had my winter slump. Um, November was nice. I moved here and was on set like in three days, but yeah. But in January, I was like, okay, this is what I expected when I moved here. So I'm just like scrounging Facebook and some set was looking for volunteer PAs. And I'm like, sure. Like in my brain, when I moved here, I'm like, I'm going to be volunteering as PA a lot and Mm -hmm. I'll grow from there and and meet people. So I did two days on this one short as a, as a PA for no money, Mm -hmm. but I had met the the UPM uh, unit production manager and she was kind of managing base camp with the second AD. And uh, I was a PA. There's there's like five go-getter PAs that are like yeah. really like brand new. I had no idea what was going on. And I'm just like, all right, you guys, like you guys can handle that. I was almost like managing them a little bit mm-hmm. on the side. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys do that. It's fine. You look, you look like you're excited to just go out and be on set. I'll just stick back with the, with the, with the big dogs. Yeah. And, <laughs> Smart move. And just chill. So I was able to you know, at least show whether, even though I wasn't really doing stuff there, I was competent and I was able to converse and mm-hmm. the UPM ended up bringing, she ended up getting another job as a UPM for a, 
for a, for a different project. And she was like, Hey, I remember you said that you script supervise and, uh, I never seen you do it. Cause you've, I've only seen you as a PA, but like for some reason I feel like you can do it. Mm-hmm. So me volunteering a couple of days turned into paid work, paid work multiple times from her. Yeah. So it's just about getting yourself out there regardless of the pay and, yeah. and just showing up ready to work. Yeah. My, my buddy Max who just moved here, I don't yeah. know, three weeks ago, He'd been following It's What's on the Inside on Instagram and everything. And he's like, hey, it looks like you're shooting. If you need extra hands on deck, let me know. So I put him in touch with you. And he yeah, showed yeah, up he showed and did up. two days unpaid. And yeah. I don't know. Did you pay him? <laughs> but um, that, that's... It was unpaid. He volunteered for sure. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And now he, he knows you and he knows Connor and he knows the sound guy. So he has a connection in any direction he wants to move. Mm-hmm. So that's the payment. You know, that's what you're getting out of it. You're not just... It's not slave labor. Yeah, yeah. And I, I told him too, like, this is the thing that I do for a lot of people that I just meet, even at those like filmmaker events and stuff is mm-hmm. like, hey, like, I'm always down to do stuff for fun on the weekends or whatever. Like, yeah. let me know if you need a script supervisor or an AD. Like, if we're doing a one day short, like, I'll show up. Yeah, so all you guys out there, if you want to make anything, find Eddie yeah. V. Hill. I'm busy. I'm busy right now. But, but if he's uh, not, he'll probably want to be. No, I'm all, that, that's, that's something that I'm, I like to challenge myself with is how busy can I make myself <laughs> and still get everything done. Yeah. Um, so for Max, I was, I told him on his, on his last day, I'm like, if you got anything working on, like I'm ha- I'm happy to AD for you or kind of show up and yeah. rip or like whatever. So he's like, sweet, cool. But I think that alone differentiates myself from others is I, I, I like to think that regardless of how successful I get, mm-hmm. there's still a level of, Hey Michael, let's do something on the weekend and just shoot, or yeah, some something along that lines. Like even um, Joss Whedon, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like after Avengers, he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna make that black and white Shakespeare, yeah, uh, twenty day feature with all my cool filmmaker friends, and we're just gonna kind of do it for the for love of the game. For love of the game, like basically no budget. Yeah, I think if you lose that, then it's just a job. Yeah, which is lame. Yeah. On that note, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for I really appreciate me. it. And I think I you should be really proud of this feature you put together and are putting together because, I don't know, it was impressive feat and it was such a comfortable environment in what could have been a disaster, you yeah. know. So Appreciate it. Hats off to you, man. Thanks. Do I, right. do I drop my socials or anything? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, gonna, people are going to blow you up. <laughs> all right. So I don't know what kind of listenership you have here, but... <laughs> I'll ask you off off air. <laughs> um, no, follow me on Instagram at uh, Eddie V Hill V is how you pronounce it. It's spelled Eddie Vigil V. Yeah, just, which I thought just, was the coolest like rock star name oh, when I met you, you. Thank you. So if you're having trouble, just go to Michael's account and search through his. I don't know how you're gonna do it, <laughs> but uh, good luck. If anything, follow it's what's on the inside underscore film. We're uh, keeping people posted with stills and stuff there. Yeah, it's looking good. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again, man. Peace. Stay tuned, kids.